Joining us right now on the phone is the man who exposed the Bigfoot hoax, Steve Culls, private investigator and executive director of SquatDetective.com. The numbers of sightings, even if you take 99% of them and put them in the trash can, you turn around, you still have that 1% that can't be explained. Well, we need to explain it. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can call it. it the whole time, the whole thing was shadowing us, right behind us, right on the side of us. I still see that damn thing to this day. It wasn't 20 feet from me. You could see it standing from the moonlight in the tree line. I was just scanning right to left, and it reminded me of, like, a gorilla. Get somebody out here. Son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Squatch DTV. Exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls. And from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. I don't know what happened to our graphic. There it is. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, January 22nd, 2023. I'm, I don't know why that's doing that. The show is rolling. Of course. It's been a... <laughs> With or without us. Here we I, I don't even have that picture selected, let alone. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there's something funky going on with this photo thing <laughs> on my computer. So, But anyway, welcome to Squatch TV for today's date. And uh, with me is my co-host down there, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hello, Chris. Steve, how you doing, my friend? It's good I to see you. doing wonderful. I'm not even I hope touching. you guys are enjoying this nice, warm weather. We've yeah, warm some... weather. Okay, yeah, how much snow you guys got coming? <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, well, it looks like we're going to get the full five to eight. Oh, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it is a bomb. Well, it's a balmy 32 degrees right now. Well, okay. You know, during the day, it's been like really nice. I mean, t shirt weather here in Kentucky. But at nighttime, yeah, you probably won't put on a jacket. Can you all take some like some fans and box fans and just aim them to the north a little bit? North oh, that would be a little good. Bit. Yeah. yeah. And that way, uh, let's push it up our way because I oh, definitely man, I wish could. I could. Yeah, I, I'd send you some warm weather if I could. So with us tonight, we have uh, Ron and Joe. Hello, guys. How are you? From uh, hey. How you guys doing? Weird and uh, wild and weird West Virginia. I, I do that to Nikki all the time with her show, Harry Man Hoodwinks and Hoaxes. Sometimes I'll call it Harry Man Hoaxes and Hoodwinks. So <laughs> I apologize. If I no worries. Screw it, that it, up. It literally happens every time we go somewhere, anytime we talk to anybody. It always gets kind of jumbled up. 
Wild becomes wild comes before weird. That way I'll remember. Wild and yep. weird. Wild and That's weird. A West great Virginia. Name. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pop that graphic up there too. And that graphic is not there. So Lovely I set picture. this up, and it decides to have a mind of its own. And <laughs> oh dear, now it's not coming up at all. Well, you know, of course, it's always got to start acting up when the show starts. That's of course, the best there, time. Of course. There's our there we go. So, yeah. There. So you guys do, um, well, let's get to our roll call first, and then we'll get into it. Um, oh, yeah. And, the chat and of course, is as, over here. As usual. So I'm going to hey scroll yeah. all the way up. Okay, wow. here we are. Okay, first in tonight was Ammon Chris. Hello, Ammon Chris. Uh, B. Lynn. Hello, B. Good to see you. Chris. Hi, B. <laughs> Lance Windsor. Ah, uh, the, the tall ones. Brent, hello, sir. Brent. Mark, good day to you Mark. as well, sir. Uh, Western New York Bigfoot Investigation Group. Hey, Joe. Joe, welcome. Gary Johnson, hello. Eyes Gary? in the Woods. Angel Nolan. Hi, Angel. Now we got to scroll a little bit, find the next one. Diane Trick in with the yo, yo, yo. Diane. Grasshopper, DM Zabo. Grasshopper. Up, and uh, Matt popped in to say hello from Central Florida Bigfoot. And he's got hey, doing editing tonight. Don Fuller. Hello, Don. Uh, high five, Chaser. Good to see you, sir. Wade Wood, my uh, old friend. Good to see you, Wade. Uh, who else? Lil Kilroy is here. Lil Kilroy. All right. I love that. <laughs> Daniel Weeks. Uh, Daniel, Damn. there he is, our top hey. commenter. Man, he is banging those uh, comments you, out. Algorithm, thank you, sir. Uh, Kate Bishop, hello, Kate. Good to see you. Kate? Super britches or sugar britches. I'm sorry, sugar britches. we are now. That, that's funny. <laughs> I like that. Sugar, sugar britches. britches. And uh, <laughs> um, I have a feeling I know who that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michael Haywood, good to Mike? see Michael. Mike. Jen, Jen's in the house as well. Jen, you see Jen. Charlie Wonton is there. Oh, hi, Charlie. Uh, hello, dear. Okay. I think Michael <laughs> Michael Haywood. If we hadn't said said hello to Michael Haywood, yeah. Raptor Crazy in the house. Raptor. Ah, Steve hey. Curious Cryptid also in the house. Hey, Brian Steve. McMahon, you, the Bat Mom. Uh, Bat Mom, Brian. Prairie Fire. Um and fly by stew. And fly by uh, stew. That's a new one on me, I think. And the Buckwas crew is in the house Welcome. as well. Hello, hello. Buckwas. I wonder if that's Mr. Steenberg. Or could it be Mr. Bigfoot Okanagan hiding behind that? I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. I see Kyle. Kyle Fowl. Cole. Yep. Joe Dryden. Yep. Kyle Fowl, good to see you. Okay, so let's get the show. Thank you. I mean, the, yeah, the, you guys yeah. are making the chat room hop already. Sure Thank are. you. It's good to see you. So we got uh, quite an interesting thermal video, I, I believe. I saw it many months ago, and uh, and I was like, wow. Um, and it was actually alerted to me by Eric Altman. And, uh, you know, I'm letting these guys do it, you know, let, let the – things settle yeah. down a little bit and now we get them on and get their story of what happened and stuff 
So I don't know who wants to start, but I'm going to give you guys the floor because that's the way we like to do things. And we may interdict some questions here and there. But uh, I don't know if Ron or Joe wants to speak first and just tell us a little bit about yourselves. And, you know, uh, we'll start with that. Go ahead, Joe. All right. Well, um, we are Wild and Weird West Virginia. Uh, that's our business name. And then our research team is the West Virginia High Strangeness Collective. Um, we have been interested in all this different phenomena for, for many, many moons. Um, I Mine started shortly after I had a uh, uh, Bigfoot sighting back in 2001. And then Ron's been in it for 35 years. Um, we host annual events as well as workshops and, uh, the thermal imaging that we're going to talk about tonight happened during one of the workshops. Excellent. Ron, your turn. Yeah. Uh, pretty much what he said. I've, I've been in this thing longer than I even care to admit at this point. Uh, it started with me back with, uh, UFOs and paranormal phenomena. I had a ghost hunting group for a while and uh, then we decided to go out on the road. We were, we were actually doing uh, reptiles at the time. And we decided to start taking some of our art out there, which was a little, you know, a little cryptid related and so forth. And people started loving it. But they came to the tables and they started telling us these, these stories and their accounts. And before long, here we are. I mean, that's, that's literally how it happened. We, we went back on to the road and, and just use it as a public outreach to uh, try to... Uh, try to help these people kind of, you know, deal with some of the, the strange things that most people laugh at them for. Sure. Sure. And so let's, uh, Joe, you had a Bigfoot sighting in 2001. You want to talk about that real quick? Uh, yeah, we will go over it real quick. Um, so I was going out. Oh, there's today. Chris. He's he, yeah. Chris is frothing at this one. All like right. This. Bigfoot sighting. There we go. Uh, it was the weekend after Labor Day. And uh, I was out doing some squirrel hunting and I was going to go check on one of my deer spots. And uh, it was over in a clearing where they do some clear cutting for paper timber. And the uh, just kind of bear with me. My brain's moving real slow. I've got a migraine right now. So I'm, oh, I'm lucky to oh, coherently man. string a sentence together. Joe, um, don't worry, man. I'm, I'm already in love. Real men eat squirrels. Hey, man. Squirrel <laughs> gravy is where it's at, baby. So... Uh, anyway, we're, I'm out there at the spot and, um, I rode my four wheeler up about three quarters of the mountain and then walked back down the other side. I didn't want to like, you know, make too much noise going down into the area that I like to go to. Cause it's a, a big natural hunting blind that was made out of mountain laurels or rhododendron, whatever you want to call them. And it looked into that clear cut area. So when I got down into the spot, like I thought I was seeing a black bear. I, I was getting excited. I was going to see black bear going to watch him for a little bit, but it turned out not being a black bear. And, uh, what I was observing were three creatures. One of them was really small, um, behaving much like a young child. The others were up closer to the tree line and they were foraging. And, um, it, it was a brief sighting. It felt like it lasted forever, but, when the wind shifted, they caught wind of me and, uh, one signaled the other two. I'm assuming it was like some kind of inaudible sound that I, I wasn't able to hear. And they marched off into the forest. Wow. So you have a few. Nice. Oh. Um, Chris, go ahead. You always have the questions. 
Well, it, it seemed like a family group. Uh, <laughs> uh, was there any way, could you tell if either one of them was female or if either one of them was male? I'm not, I'm, I, I couldn't male. tell anything was female. Like there was one larger one that was between, you know, probably about six, nine to seven foot based <laughs> off of the, I went back a year later. I couldn't, couldn't get my metal to go back to yeah. uh, for a sure. little while, but there was a stump that was cut. Um, and it, it came up to a little bit above my knee. And when this thing walked by the stump, it was well below its knee. So I'm, I'm six foot three. So I'm assuming it was in the six foot nine to seven foot range. Then the other one was about six and a half foot. And the other guy was real little. I'm tall there in West Virginia, don't you? <laughs> six three. Oh, I, wow. I guess we'd call it tall. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not one of the guys that really buy a whole lot of the, big massive reports yeah because a lot of people just don't they don't know what they're looking at they don't um they don't know how to scale things at distance yeah and so i i try to be as conservative as i can when uh when i'm making the size estimation on what i saw and then when you get to a certain size you, you the perspective changes a bit so something that's oh, eight yeah. foot tall could look nine ten to you yeah well. absolutely I've, I've always said that you know we always think things like you know as a little kid our grandparents or our parents are so tall yeah. and big and yeah and then next thing you know my i'm looking up to my kid going, what the hell happened where did you get that <laughs> yeah. um oh man i think so, that's a, a smart thing too to remember uh to make a mental a mental pick take a mental picture and a mental note if you see the if you have a sighting and the creature standing next to something uh, a landmark area you can pick that out. you can always come back later and get well, an exact I, I did it one better than just making a mental note um yeah. back back then i was always journaling things so i actually wrote down the entire sighting yeah, yeah. excellent now I, I gotta ask you this how did it make you feel did you feel scared apprehensive nervous creeped out it the feeling was surreal um the only thing that I was actually afraid about was like, if it came at me, but it was sure. more of a sense of awe than anything. Excellent. The small one, would you say it was like a toddler size or a, uh, a little bit teenage? bigger than a toddler, probably, you know, five, six year old kid size. <laughs> like, so it was in that three and a half, four foot range. And, um, what, yeah, I was mostly fixated on it because as I was watching it, it, it was doing like not full cartwheels, but these things were like put its hands on the ground and throw its feet around and it would spin and jump. It was like, like it was playing. <laughs> Very common. Yeah. Very common. Um, okay. So let's fast forward a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Ron, how about you? Any, any, uh, any any experiences over the years for you aside from the Actually, one we're going to talk about? yeah um okay, let's hear uh i was never really uh much into the whole bigfoot thing to be honest with you uh i got pulled into it uh, by joe uh we would always do these we would go on these uh these road trips where we had to go out uh you know uh, with the whole you know the whole reptile thing and these are long road trips so we would be listening to all these different podcasts and you know and uh and so i got kind of injected into it at that point now i didn't uh, i was never a unbeliever or one of those who'd be like ah oh, this isn't real i mean I, of course i believed it. i just never seen anything 
And that changed uh, in 2020 uh, when we were out on uh, the farm. Actually, me and Joe were there with uh, our wives and we were just relaxing. And uh, we had a strange encounter that evening. Um, sounds down from the valley below us on three sides of us. Um, there was weird chattering sounds. There was mouth clicks. And then it culminated in the end with a, an actual sighting of something. Uh, we went around uh, the back of the building after a motion light kept coming on and going off to check that out. And uh, making a light sweep, just kind of checking the area out. And as the beam comes over, there's this massive shoulders and a very small head that just ducks as the beam comes over. And uh, I grabbed the light, of course, and tried to reproduce this. There's no way I saw that. That was just a light and shadow. And uh, couldn't reproduce it. Um, we, uh, we went back inside. Uh, it got very strange at that point. Uh, Joe felt some weird stuff and said, we got it. We got to go. And at that point I'm with him. I'm like, yeah, let's go. So we just backed well, when, away. When he says like, we felt weird stuff. The actual sensation that I felt was that I had like peed in my pants. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't thank God. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but the it felt like I had, and it was just it was bizarre. But whatever you got, you got the full brunt of it. Yeah, I didn't really feel that. And as we were going inside, I did hear what sounded like, uh, as I describe it, a uh, a bunch of hornets in the distance run through a heavy reverb unit. That's kind of what it sounded like. And uh, we went inside. And you know, did you feel like you had like a in your ear? I absolutely heard, uh, it honestly just sounded like this strange distant buzzing sound is what it sounded like to me. Like it was very different and uh, it was kind of faded, you know, but as we went inside, uh, there were other strange things that happened in there. There was, um, there was an incident where, uh, our, our wives and Joe kept hearing what sounded like, uh, his kid crying in the next mm. room. Now, I never heard that. They all heard it. And Joe even went to check it out multiple times. But uh, the next morning, we decided to go out and check the field. And I'm seeing, you know, where this thing went down. There's, it's just, it's short. There's no way anything went down in that field. You know, I'm like, that was a little trick of light and shadow. This wasn't real. And uh, Joe's out there and he's trying to kind of recreate this. And so I'm standing there where I was that night. And we're looking uh, with, uh, with, with the phone and he's like, all right, start recording. I'm like, all right. So I start recording. And he's like, here, did it do this? And he just kind of disappears. And I'm like, how are you doing that? And uh, apparently uh, there was a pathway behind there. Uh, it was a hill. So all he had to do really was to step backwards and, and it looked exactly like he was squatting down. Did you catch any eye shine at all or did it not? Maybe no, didn't look at you. Or... Solid dark. This thing was yeah. solid dark, and it was so fast. It was he, he may have caught the business end of it. Uh, yeah, 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 know, possible, yeah, yeah. This thing was fast. Um, question from uh, Mike from Tactical Bigfoot Research: Do you think they were looking for reptiles and/or amphibians to eat? Um, in that area, it's it's possible because there was a mountain stream, and then you also had some deadfall from left behind timber. Um, we do have some reports that indicate 
that that is the behavior that is being exhibited in certain areas. Um, I mean, it's, it's quick and easy protein and fat. So um, it, it's definitely on the agenda. Nice. Well, I so, tell you what, that's, that's I, I tiles think and I, amphibians I, I, would be low on the menu for me, but if I was hungry, I guess I could. <laughs> well, you know, now, you got to think these, the egg masses, um, you find the egg masses out in these water sources. They're not trying to run from you, but it's right. a simple, easy source of protein that's and right. fat. That's right. Um, Caviar. And then, and you just gulp them down like an oyster, you know? Yeah. It's coming, Pat. It's coming. <laughs> hey Pat. Hello, hello Pat. Good to see you. It's coming. We 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 can't. You know, we got to keep people on the hook for a little while. Here. Um, excellent. Now, I think when Chris meant, you know, did you feel any ear flutter, Ron? I think he meant physically. Did you feel any You know, did you feel any no. vibrations? No, I did not. Okay. No. So uh, okay. All right, so let's fast forward to your event you had last year. Let's uh, describe what was going on, and I'll let you guys walk through it. And you know, whoever wants to take the the mic from each other, go right ahead. Well, uh, Wild and Weird Con is an annual event that we host. Um, we have it at Chief Logan State Park. We use the lodge there, and we do a workshop the night before. For it's like a VIP workshop small group of people we take them out um they're normally shown how to use uh night operation equipment and uh then i cooked dinner for them so i missed the big show but ron was all there yeah we uh after about uh i'd say 40 minutes of this basic training uh which uh we were there with hellbent holler they they were uh, out uh, so they had set up these stations along the uh, along the trail of this old uh, road, uh, probably about a quarter mile from the the lodge or so, something like that. And um, at each one of these stations, everyone would go to and get to participate in learning how something worked. There would be a there would be like an infrared station. There was a, a audio station, and of course, there was a thermal station. And, you know, it was basically just to give them a feel of what it's like. There was never any indication that they were actually in an area or anyone was going to catch anything. This was just a pure demonstration, nothing more. It was, this was not an investigation. Let's make that perfectly clear. Um, so we go out there on the trail. Everyone's, you know, learning their stuff. Everybody's playing with the cameras and, and whatnot. And we get to the, um, the audio station. There's a parabolic dish set up and uh, I'm out there filming because I'm going to use this footage for some of our, our promotional stuff. You know, it's media, it's good media. So I start, uh, start filming some stuff and uh, this guy starts saying, Hey, there's some, there's some sound coming from down in the Valley. He's listening through the, through the parabolic mm -hmm. and uh, they're like, yeah, what is it? It's like a popping sound. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, all right, let's try this thing out. Got to thermal. Turned on our, our thermal, had it on uh, tether so everyone around could see it, and uh, pointed it down in the valley thinking I'm going to get like a deer or a bear or something really cool. Maybe, even, you know, who knows, maybe a, maybe a small animal, whatever. But it would be cool just to catch. So yeah. I pointed it down in there, and we see what we see. And uh, at first, honestly, I'm looking at this thinking 
someone's down there. And uh, there, you know, we, we start going over that. And, um, you know, Jesse's there. I'm like, hey, Jess, come over here and look at this. I need a second opinion. She looks at it and she's like, there's something's down there. I'm like, is that someone? No, it can't be anyone. They could, they've been down in the valley during the day. She's like, no one's getting down there. Now, I didn't know what that meant at all because this is the first time I've been in that area. And um, as we keep watching this thing, it, it takes a step. And when it takes a step, it's like, it looks a lot bigger than what it, it originally looked like in my mind. You know, I'm watching it on this small, this small, uh, it's a phone, you know, just tethering right. it to a phone. Yeah. And uh, then we're like, whoa, okay. So they're like, well, let's get up to the thermal station. Cause it's up about 300 yards or so up around the bend looks down in that valley. And uh, I'm wanting to, I kind of want to stay there just to, to try to see if this thing moves again, you know, yeah. but everybody's moving. And I'm like, I'm not staying here by myself. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so I've, you know, I know enough about Bigfoot to know you don't do that. So, um, so we all go up around the valley uh, and start looking down in with the other thermal units and they, there's nothing there. There's nothing there in that valley at all at this point. So, I don't know, guys. I, I have no idea what that was. All I know is after that, we went back and um, went back to the lodge. And uh, one of the weird things was when we went out there, the, the, the power did go out, by the way. And as we were going back to the lodge, it came back on, which was, you know, some people think that's odd. I'm just like, you know, who knows? But uh, we go back and I show it to everybody that's pretty much there at this point. And they're like, you got something you think i mean i mean it looks like something it looks like somebody walking down there i give you that but i don't know what that is uh so we just kept showing it to multiple people eric got to see it uh, dave spinks got to see it martin groves got to see it everybody pretty much came back to us and said that's something significant you got there i'm like okay i mean that's like all right that's a lottery thing i mean i i'm good I don't know what to do with this. So uh, after that, we just kind of showed it to a, a lot of our peers and they all agreed. And, and so that's it. We got to release it pretty fast because we don't release a lot of our evidence, our videos, anything, unless we have it peer reviewed. So. And, uh, you know, obviously um, you, did you have it peer reviewed or? Oh yeah. Yep. So what we, I, I know I, I don't know if I was one of those people. You I may have got Eric. to see it inadvertently. Yeah. Like yeah. I know Eric was showing it out to people. Dave yeah. was showing it out to people. So yeah, because Eric was getting his, his vibe, and I'm like, well, it, you know, as I always say, a thermal isn't going to prove a Sasquatch necessarily. No, it's, it's a not. good tool for, but you definitely see something bipedal there. Well, what's no, really no interesting? The next day, uh, during the day. We have the event, obviously, you know, because that was the pre-event. So the next day is actually Wild and Weird Con, where all the vendors are set up and whatnot. And we are just dying to go up there, you know, and, and look at this this area. But we can't. We have to stay with our, our vendors and, and whatnot. Well, well let me address this. Yeah. Yeah, we already showed it, Grass. No, I'm just kidding. We haven't showed it yet. You're, <laughs> you're still, your back's still in time. <laughs> so uh, Eric and Tom uh, Miak went up on that trail during the day and they came back and they, they gave us a great report and his exact words were to no one's going down in there. 
Yeah. I'm like, really? And it's like, yeah. He's like, there's, there's just no way. And we did go up there and confirm. It was quite, uh, it's quite a trek down in there. We made it there on, uh, eventually, but it took some doing. <laughs> Your ass just came back. I hate you, Steve. <laughs> um, you know, I, in talking with Eric, he was like, uh, "Ain't no way anybody's getting down there." I remember his, his comment to me about that. It's like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, now, is that area prone to Bigfoot sightings? Yeah, there's there's a history of Bigfoot sightings in that area. Um, in what, in what county again? I'm sorry. It's in Logan, West Virginia. Um, Russ Jones has spent hundreds of hours down there researching that area. We've been yeah. down there a good bit, and um, it so, is yeah. solid people. You're talking very, about, like, very, very just rugged forest. Now, so there was when the thermal was shot, that was at night, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. with the terrain being rugged, there's like no, no way nobody was bebopping around down in that valley. No, and, and, there was no, and, and there was no flashlights either going on. Right. The thermal uh, would have definitely, and we had IR. Remember, there's an IR station. We would have picked that up as well. So, right. I mean, we've, yeah, I'm open to all suggestions at this point, but it's, uh, <laughs> It's different. Now, before we get to the film, uh, you know, and poor, poor Joe, Joe, you were stuck cooking at that time, weren't you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so cooking in the dark, Joe, cooking in the dark. Yeah, I was I was cooking over a campfire, <laughs> making everybody a big, big pot of camp chili, oddly enough. We were talking <laughs> about that earlier. Return um, of the chili. Made some hot dogs and some other stuff. And uh, I've got my my radio on me and Ron, I messaged Ron to say, Hey, the power went out. And so we're just cooking by starlight. It was beautiful. The, uh, the moon was still like two hours behind the horizon. So there was just, there was no moonlight. It was just stars. It was really neat. So let me get this straight. You're cooking chili. Yep. And a big chili or stew. This is chili. (laughs) So, (laughs) So let me get this straight. Now, was there was the event center nearby? Um, the lodge was near me. They were about a quarter mile away. So you, you know, shortly after, probably now, what time did this thermal happen? It was right around eight something, as I recall. I think so. You you know, the sounds of the forest happened after. About midnight, all you heard is. Very possible. What? You you know why? It's so funny because chili is not really an eco-friendly food. (laughs) And it seems to me that every event I've gone to, I, I, we, we did uh, something up at uh, the, uh, the Vermont trail cam area and Frank's wife made a big vat of chili. And, you know, I go out in the Nazareth expeditions. They've always made chili. Like, Oh, next morning. Bad. Uh, I just gotta remember, take a, a bottle of uh, antacids with you. Good <laughs> yeah. It just depends on uh, how you make it and what you use. Depends is yeah. probably the right word. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was 
Brilliant, Steve. <laughs> and we found out you don't put too many of those red peppers in there because, ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's not a Sasquatch. That's the chili. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I'm sure it was delicious. But um, All right, so let's, uh, first, before we get to the video, I know everybody's like, oh. Um, one of your, um, if this comes up, there we go. One of your uh, your participants uh, wrote this comment saying, um, you know, as soon as the group uh, entered it, I heard a distinct signal would not coming from behind the pavilion area and answered by another from the lodge next to where we dined. The lights went out immediately to the lodge. I walked behind the lodge and observed a very large shape of an upright bipedal animal in the wooded area from where the second knot came from. It disappeared into the deeper woodline. It is my belief there were three of them. So, very interesting. Um, so, he had um, this kind of uh, sighting um, as well. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, he had some auditory activity going on. Um, none now, of us were present for that. Now, he a was on. Yep, I'm sorry. Not to interrupt, but this comment just came by, and we got we got to play it. See, Mike uh, and I have been on many a mission together, both in Sat the Sasquatch field and the paranormal field. And, of course, what is he right? Nothing beats Chuck's chili, and ghosts hate you when you eat chili. They sure do. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. It's about time you get a little payback on me. Uh, that was great. <laughs> I'm sorry, not, not to interrupt. No, you're good. <laughs> Uh, so I, he was on uh martin was over on the other side of the lodge from where i was and the, the lodge complex there is fairly large um so i didn't hear anything but again i'm standing over a crackling fire so and you know obviously this is very fascinating stuff because you have an eyewitness report that's independent of this event going on on the other you know this is completely two different areas of yeah. park and uh, i've always said that you know with the event going on it must have drew up some curiosity then they decided let's stroll over there and take a look but well, it's it's not yeah. just uh with the event there was a girl um that gave us an eyewitness report the very next day uh who was there during the big 2020 shutdowns and everything and when they were, she worked in the kitchen. And when they were throwing away a lot of the food that was in the freezers from the uh, restaurant, she had gone out to go do one of the evening, uh, you know, dumpster tosses. And she saw something that can be described as a Bigfoot digging in the dumpsters. And when she, it saw her, it ran down over the hillside. Wow. Yep. And that that would that would bring them around. They hear activity that means food. Opportunist. You know? Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's show the video clip. It's fifty three seconds long. I appreciate you guys letting us show this tonight. So here we go. And if you guys like to narrate, you can go right ahead. At this point, we're just more or less just trying to figure this out. And I think this is about when I asked Jess to, to come over and have a look at what this was. And, yeah, that was her head that just came through the 
the image yeah. there. And now she's looking as well. And this is the interesting part. This is where it kind of seems to be bringing its hand close to its mouth or head or whatever there. And it's, it's kind of like, I mean, that looks like something kind of bending over a bit and then and there walks it goes. away. Yeah. 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 And there it went. Show that again for everybody. That is interesting. Seemed like it's very aware of having vegetation between itself and oh, yeah. the people. That's what you get, right? I mean, if if you want to speculate, then yeah, it's in the exact right place to not be seen. But you can clearly see it bending down and standing back up, and then it looks like it's it looks now those, like those yeah those red dots on it are actually that's the temperature threshold yeah that's correct? the red hot mm -hmm. yeah. so that is the hottest part of it that's registering. And it was in the mid thirties uh, this night as well as I, as I recall. Yeah, it was, um, 37, 38 degrees now. <clears throat> that, to me, is really, really eerie considering, you know, what I've heard about the terrain and and uh, it's just hunkering down there. And it's just, yeah. you guys started to move, I guess, or somebody probably started to move and it decided I'm going to. Uh, I find it very curious that there's movement from right to left and it decides to, I'm um, sorry, from left to right and it decides to go right to left almost away from you guys. Well, at that point, Jess is uh, pointing down into the valley. She has a light and she's also trying to get uh, the infrared camera down in there as well. And she's not picking anything up on the infrared. Well, that's, yeah, that's definitely bipedal movement right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever, no whatever it was, was definitely moving on two feet. I wish you, you know, you know, Will, we, we have to yell at you. You should have kept on filming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did keep on filming, but yeah. there's nothing there. There's oh, literally gotcha. nothing there. And you can see the extended version of that over on our site. It's, it's all there. And, uh, you know, we could, have, we could have sit there. This thing was either gone or it was waiting us out on the other side. And uh, our thought was if we could get up around that, you know, around that corner and look down in the valley with those other thermal units. And there was some very good ones there. Um, we could, you know, get a better view on this thing, but nah, you, you can tell him that you can tell Mick has been a, a follower of this show for yes. many years. If he remembers yes. that particular incident. Yeah. Um, okay. So we do, noodles. we, we do have some questions and, and, and Steve curious cryptid got to it before I could. Uh, what type of FLIR was it? Oh, geez. What is that, Joe? It's We're using the um, AGM Taipan. Ooh, yep. nice unit. It is a, uh, it's a pretty good unit. We um, were able to send out signal to cell phones or computers, and they can view it uh, remotely from the, the device. Um <clears throat> Which the, was uh, great for, to get other people's opinion as this was happening in real time, you know. So we, uh, as you've seen, this creature just seems to disappear, right? 
Like when you're watching the thermal, it seems to just fade off. Um, when we finally got a chance to get down there into the valley uh, to to do a proper recreation, um, we uh, found out exactly what caused that phenomenon. Oh, what, there what? is about a six foot drop off. Gotcha. In that creek bed. And I had to use a, um, a sapling. I had to grab a hold of a sapling and use it so I didn't break my ankles. <clears throat> and um, then this thing didn't have to do that. When you see it just step down like that, it's real nice and clean. And mine, you watch me trying to do it, and I, I look like some kind of rickety old man trying to make my way down a hallway. Now, were any of the pictures that you have on the website, was that the post-investigation? Or is that just... Uh, I believe those some... were all post-investigation, yeah. Mm -hmm. There is some posts on there, yeah. And that website we... is Wild and Weird WV, right? Mm -hmm. We were able to... Uh... <clears throat> when we went back out... Um, we went out the next day right after the event was over um, shortly after Eric and, and Tim had been out there and uh, done their thing. We were going around. I was looking for any kind of sign of something large that would have moved itself from the upper portion of the hill down into the valley. And we were able to find quite a few impressions in the ground. And we found one footprint that was in the mud and we actually cast it and brought it back. <clears throat> there were uh, visible toes in it. And um, once we let Tom Shea review it, he actually sees, thinks he saw some dermoglyphics in it. Yeah, I, we got the picture up on the screen. So, yeah, you can uh, right there. So it's always great when you have the, the people there um, that actually shot. This is the shot I want to put up here. It shows more. There we go. So that was down the hill there to the to our left, correct, in this picture? Yeah, if you go to the left, probably about from, <clears throat> from there where I'm standing, uh, about 10 feet in front of me, it's just a drop-off. Yep, and Joe said that. Well, it's can't say it's definitely a Bigfoot, which we said that in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not pareidolia. There's something was there that night. It walks up. Yep, absolutely. It's interesting. So uh, who has the cast right now? I'm really curious. To... Uh, I do. Okay. Do you have it handy or no? Um, I can go grab it. That Can we do show awesome. and tell, please? Yeah, yeah. Get, you, Ron, keep him busy for a minute. Me <laughs> okay. <laughs> we yeah, love we, show and tell on this we, program. We do. We do. <laughs> we do. That's going to be the next question. People are going to go, where's the cast? Where's the cast? Yeah, the cast <laughs> is real. It is there. Um, and so was, are, you, are you hooked now, Ron? Are you hooked? Man, I got to tell you. Here's the thing. After having the first 
sighting of, of what could have been a Bigfoot, I guess, in 2020, I kind of got hooked at that point. But uh, it was just, it, to me, it, it's more amazing it's more amazing to me that it's more prevalent. I think that was my thing about Bigfoot originally was that, Oh, this is a rare thing. This is, you know, I mean, come on, how many people really see this? I think a lot of people really see something out there. I think there's really something out there. Not all of them are Bigfoot. And, you know, our number one thing is we try to debunk stuff and, and get it out of the way as much as we can, as fast as we can, or send it to peer review, et cetera. But, a lot of people don't do that. And, you know, they, they watch a lot of these programs on TV and they think automatically, well, that's, that's Bigfoot. Well, I would have never guessed that there's the potential that uh, there, a lot of these are actually something. Okay. Uh, There's, if you know what you're looking for, the tracks are there, the, uh, the evidence is there and we just walk over it as we're out in the forest all the time. I'm pretty much convinced of that at this point. Now, I don't know what they are. So if anyone wants to, you know, ask that question, that's my answer. I have no idea what these things are. This is being undercover. How did you know something was possibly there? I think you had mentioned that you were hearing noises. Oh, and that's a great question, too, because we were talking about this not too long ago. You know, someone said, well, if it was so big, then, you know, it would be making a lot of sound. Right. And we do see that it does appear to be big. But honestly, if they wouldn't have had that at least 12-inch parabolic dish there, no one would have heard that thing down in that valley. We only decided to even turn those, you know, that thermal down into that valley because someone said, oh, there's popping sound. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to get a maybe a shot of a deer or a bear or something. Right. Yeah, it was and So, I, you know, I, I guess the answer to that question, Gary, would be that this didn't occur at the, the, the thermal station. This actually occurred at the parabolic, the parabolic station. station. Yeah. And they heard something and he. I was the, the only tire. one that had a thermal on me. And I only had that because, you know, we were out on a separate, uh, I'm out there trying to get a little bit of B roll for our, uh, our media yeah. presentation basically is what sure. I'm doing. I'm not there to investigate. This was the farthest thing from my mind at that point. <laughs> yeah. You're out there going, you know, um, so have there been, um, and now this is, uh, I, I don't want to give the location away too much. Um, uh, but here's another question. Are mountains close by? Thank you, Daniel, for the question. Oh yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's fine to give the location as far as I'm concerned, as far as anyone else is, this is an active park area. I mean, people are out there all the time and, uh, it's, you know, it's by a road. I mean, there's actually a road nearby. If you listen to the video, you're going to hear it when we go back out there on the, the, uh, the next, um, the next video that I'll release here next week shows the actual follow-up. And that's going to answer a lot of questions about, nice. you know, casting and, you know, the footprint and all that. And as you are watching it, you're going to hear the, the traffics. So it's not like this thing is like remotely out, you know, hundreds of, of miles into the woods there's just enough woods there for it to be. And I think that Joe hit it right. And I think whoever worked at the lodge hit it right when they said, uh, you know, it, it's opportunistic. It's probably this there because there's food sources. I mean, it's, it's a good yeah. place. Why would you, you know, why would you move from that spot if you're, you know, looking for food, right? Yep. And obviously and moving you know, to a, a low lying area, you know, yeah. there's very, uh, very common, very yeah. common. 
Yeah, and there's water there. I mean, that was the other thing that uh, you know he was talking about as as it uh, walks over down there. When he got down in that valley, there's actually a a waterway down there. So, you know, you've got food, you got water, and this is the yeah. state park outside of Logan. Yes. Somebody asked. Yeah, but you know, to be fair, it is West Virginia. I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting the mountain without, somewhere. That's so, absolutely true. Next, yeah. next question is: How many tracks did you guys find? One. Oh one. God. Um, there's, there's one that we cast, but one there was and There was the more than a dozen others that were like there were was, combinations of like step slides where the hill was so steep, yeah. Yeah. and it, they there was one that was really good. I wish I could have cast it, but there, there was just no physical way to do it. And I think that's, it, that's really it had great stepped to point out. on a root or a, a, a rock or something or the hillside and the foot had just flexed around it and had this nice arch shape in it. We had some deep, some decent photos of it though. Yeah. Even if you get a, a line of tracks, trackway that looks really great then once you start looking at each individual now plan, you're we're, find we out get ready for this okay so we're going to put push. you in the solo layout here <laughs> there you go so we're looking uh right here lower, is is well, where the hill would be i'm gonna flip it over yeah. so that way there you go my hands oh, yeah. are not getting any of it and uh so right here would be where the toes are here's a toe you have another toe that's visible right here. And then you've got the heel back here. And yeah. when you look at it this way, you can see where the, the ridge of the foot, this, this portion of the foot right here, slid into the bank a little bit under the mud. And when we view it from this angle, you can see where the, the mid mid portion of the foot had flexed some in here. Yeah, you can. I was going to say that that bulge in the top looks like the mid tarsal yep. flexion. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah, that ground was pretty. And bushy it, it's uh, <laughs> it's fourteen and a half inches from heel to toe. Yeah, very very typical. That's about the size we get here in New York. So is you know anywhere from 13 and a half to like 15 I think bigger, <laughs> love bigger. looking at that stuff yeah thank you joe <laughs> appreciate it hey no problem um another another quick question is is there any audio of the reactions on the site at the time of filming um yeah if you go to our youtube um you can find the video part one has been released uh, which is the actual filming of it. And um, you can catch all the reactions of everybody who's standing around. Cause it's all like on audio. It was recorded on multiple cameras. Nice. Yeah. I What's actually synced it YouTube up. Channel? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The YouTube channel name. Oh, it's wild and weird WV. So just like the website. Cool. Yeah. We're trying to make it easy. <laughs> easy to remember. Yeah. Wild and Weird WV .com, and then Wild and Weird WV on YouTube. That's right, and uh, yeah, there is. Uh, I kind of I cut it to where on one side you can actually see a little bit of of uh, the camera where Jesse's looking down in the wood line, and the audio is synced up okay. 
perfectly with the timestamp that the thermal was uh, was taken as well. Very cool. I see Mike uh, Ann asked a question about yeah, it. Mike cast asked to know, scanned and, uh, has the cast been have scanned? We, printed it? Um, we do have 3D printers, but none of our print beds are big enough to do this thing. So, or any of the casts that we have for that matter. So we do it the old fashioned way. Um, from where we make collectibles and things of that nature, we generally always have silicone on hand. Yeah. And uh, we will make silicon copy or silicon molds and then make uh, copies off of that. We haven't had a chance to make copies of this one yet, but it's coming soon. As soon as we get some time to uh, to make that, then uh, we'll get some copies of that made and out and about. Um, we had a lot of people take a look at it at CryptidCon. Cliff, Cliff Barrettman took a look at it. He, we're really good friends with him. Um, then Tom Shea, we, he took a look at it. Uh, and we're going to get a copy sent to Cliff and Jeff and uh, Tom was wanting a copy of it too. Now, uh, just to reiterate to the folks, um, because it has kind of a, a weird shape to it, if you look, you got to understand that's a very muddy area. Some mud yeah. may have flowed into the print. Um, pretty mushy. Yeah. It's well, pretty yeah, you mushy. get a lot of suction in, yeah. in tracks like that too. Um, so when, when something that's uh, barefoot steps into a, uh, a big muddy section like this, whether it's a bear or, um, or, or Bigfoot, possible Bigfoot uh, person, um, as long as it's not wearing a shoe, you get a lot of distortion because of the organic nature of the movement of the foot. Right. Um, and it, it just depends on how much pressure is put where on where that suction is going to be. And when the foot steps up out, it'll actually pull mud vertically back up. So you won't have that nice, pretty depression like what you see in the Hereford cast and uh, some of the other Gray Harbors cast. You don't get that nice, clean appearance. It, it pulls up some of those details and uh, the suction will, will mess with it. But we find that it's extremely valuable. We'll cast everything that we possibly can. Um, yeah. and a Just lot of the nastier, uglier tracks tend to be some of the better ones that we find. Yeah. Even with this one, uh, Joe, it looks like he's got some mud squished up between his toes there. <laughs> there was between the first and second toe. There is, you can, and that, that shows in the, uh, in the cast as well. You see that mm -hmm. separation of the toe. And you would, you would not think anybody would be walking barefoot down there, especially in the dark. Oh, in that temperature. Yeah. You know, now, we're in the, the upper upper thirties. Cool. Yeah. So it, it was uh just just above like at night freezing. Well, you know, I, I don't walk barefoot outside the house. I'm tenderfoot. <laughs> Agreed. Uh Raptor Crazy made a comment in the uh chat said uh that uh, he went to the state park in Logan, West Virginia. And uh Logan, West Virginia. We went to the state park. There was backpackers and everything around that area. Hard telling what they got on camera. It's really thick. So it's really yeah, that particular area where we were in, uh, we specifically chose it because there's no trails. Like it's uh, not the park. actual. Yeah, it's not the park. I think yeah, that's the yeah. needs to be made too. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't in the actual park um, where the hiking trails and all that are. Gotcha. We were out of service. It was actually a service road. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Near the actual lodge. 
time. I, I think this is so phenomenal, though. Um, I keep hitting the wrong yeah. thing here. Um, that makes it the bigger the foot, the more powerful the suction. Knows from personal experience. Yeah, I, I can relate. Yeah, that is. Now, is that the general vicinity where you got the prints? I take it. Uh, directly, you could draw a direct line from where that creature was to where this footprint was found, um, and it was right where the uh, there was. It looked like a path going down had been formed. Now, has anybody done any enhancements on this video? We've tried, but due to the nature of the fact of being thermal, there's not a whole whole lot you can do because it's not traditional video. Um, we're open to it. Yeah, I'll try. I'll you know what? Tomorrow I'll try to give it a whirl and see if we can. Okay. I've used, I've sharpened it. I've done a couple of things with that, but it's still, yeah, I can't really bring out any more definition of what you see. But yeah, feel free. Yeah, I'll play with it. Um. Wow. Chris, uh, any more? So what are your guys' future plans for that area? For that area, we're just waiting for more reports to come in. Um, we're also planning on going down there and doing some uh, knocking about in the woods, just going around, checking things out um, and and adding it into our roster of uh, research areas. Nice. The area... Down, that was down below where y'all had this thermal. Uh, was that a, down in that bottom? Is it a creek area down in there? or just Yeah, a it's drainage? a mountain stream. So okay. you're, what we're looking at is that uh, that spot where this thermal was taken, it comes into a point, and you've got two fingers that come out, and it, it's the fingers of the mountain come out, and you've got this nice little hollow right here that right. the uh, – the, the stream from the top of the mountain runs all the way from the top down to the bottom, especially when it's raining. And where this was at, uh, you, you, you can see it in the thermal. It looks like the thing kneels down and then comes back up, and you've almost got this like hand-to-mouth motion. Um, and it, it could just be us trying to interpret what we're seeing. But the uh, it, it appears that this thing knelt down, and where it was at, there, there was actually standing water. You know, um, there was a little pool of water there. It was still, it wasn't perfectly standing. It was moving really slow because you got a, a really slow trickling stream. Um, but it, uh, there was water right there. So it could have been drinking. There was also some snapped off nettle and it could have been eating the nettle. Nettle's high in fiber and vitamin C. Well, if there was pools of water there, think the, the motion yeah. would have been hand to mouth like it was drinking like that that's that's kind of what we were thinking too and um but overall the creek bed down through there was the rest of the way down it was uh fairly fairly narrow but the the creek bed was dry the little stream was running through maybe a few inches wide yeah. so somebody asked um really quick if we could stabilize the video and right now we're stabilizing. So maybe you'll be able to see something tonight. It just take a few seconds because my computer's running all kinds of resources tonight. And so for our folks on, uh, uh, on uh, 
Amazon and iHeartRadio, Spotify, and all the other audio platforms, you're going to want to check this video out over at SquatchDTV.com and check out episode 110. We're at 110. 110. 110. So. Don't seem like we've uh, done that many, but uh, I guess time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) I really enjoy this new platform to where we can show videos and stuff. This is great. Can we call it? it. The chat room can comment, you know, ask questions. You guys are great. (laughs) I just love it. Can we can we call it a new platform, Chris? We've been here almost three years. Well, it's still new to me, you know. I drive a 2006, and to me, that's new. You know? <laughs> I'm not riding around in a brand new Bronco like some people like it mentioned. It's not brand new anymore. <sighs> oh, it's still new to me. Chris, <laughs> very subtly, it's still new to me. Still new to me. Yeah. Sound like one of my video shorts. <laughs> I'm always complaining about the Bigfoot videos. So, there are folks who haven't caught Professor McGillicuddy. He had his first independent short this week over on the channel. And uh, he he tackles the question of, is the earth flat? So, you're going to want to check Professor McGillicuddy. Check that one out. I'd show it here, but... Chris Yelp would yell at me and tell people to go over there so we can get the views on it. Maybe some likes on it. Stop by the channel, especially if you're listening to the podcast. Stop by the channel and uh, and check it out. Squatch DTV. I see some people over in the chat asking about a thermal recreation if it's been done. And yes, the thermal recreation was done. Um, we we released this stuff in like a, a episodic content kind of format because we've got day jobs and we got all kinds of other stuff going on. We're trying to get the info out as quickly and smoothly as we can. And, uh, that, that I actually got to watch the finished version of it tonight. I was uh, really happy with it. And Ron did a great job with the editing and that episode is going to be up, uh, this week. So you'll be able to catch the recreation this week. Now I got to find you guys' YouTube channel up so I can subscribe here. Hang on a second. I'm going to have to close a window here because it saved it to my share screen. Just don't start playing. Yes, it is. Okay. Click on it. Subscribe. Yes. Uh, really? <laughs> <coughs> oh, yes. And if any of the podcast listeners go to the Squatch DTV on YouTube on the channel, make sure you subscribe if you haven't. Leave us a thumbs up on something. Watch something. Watch Professor McGillicuddy. We need to help out that search algorithm all we can. Well, folks, I got to do it again because I've lost the video. Oh, man. Somewhere on my computer. I just don't know where it's supposed well, to say. You're asking a lot for it to do it live on the air, too, Steve. You know, that's a. The computer's already yeah, pulling yeah, the screen Yeah, that is a high out. order. Um, no, you know what the issue is, is that for some reason, since a last update on this computer, it's not playing nice with my files. And 
I'll save it to the desktop and it doesn't show up. Mm. I think it's about time I get me a new one built. I've had this. This is like a fourth generation Intel. This is like ancient dinosaur. Probably older than a dinosaur now. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not about throwing nothing out just because it's got a little wear on it. <laughs> See, I'm looking uh, at my desktop. Did Ron or Joe try to create a 3D image from the photos of the foot? I think not. They, uh, they don't have the. I wish we had that enough. kind of technology. I mean, it that uh, to be able to scan, you you got to have like 20 grand. <laughs> well, to do it accurately, we could do it with HD, you know, with um, with LiDAR and then uh, create it, of course. But uh, there's. You know, I, honestly, I don't think that uh, that particular footprint that we can get the resolution that you want to see. Uh, yeah. If you watch the video, you'll see what I mean. Like they actually have to take a, a you know magnifying glass and and look and see those little those little dermal ridges. And in fact, you know, we took that down to Tom. And Tom zeroed right in on it, but we had looked at that thing over and over and thinking, you know, well, is this anything? And uh, Tom's like, well, yeah, right here. And once, of course, he shows you, you're like, well, there it is. How did you miss that? But um, I don't think that the resolution uh, would be there uh, to create an actual 3D model of it is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, because you, you would lose some in the rendering and uh, oh, printing sure. process. And not everybody, you know, has that to thousands and thousands, tens of thousand dollars worth of equipment. Uh, just I mean, you know, I, I'm not trying to, you know go to be but we, we did win bigfoot research team of the year from uh the bigfoot forums website yeah. and uh you know it it did have a a little prize pot that came with it but it wasn't quite it wasn't you quite know that, joe. 3d scanning yeah. prize pot yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we you know, do we do intend to go out yeah, yes that's experience. right your 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 five dollar starbucks gift card is in the mail yes <laughs> absolutely uh, it would be nice if everybody had their own personal uh, DNA lab and stuff, you know, so they could yeah, bring right. a sample in there. Yes. Okay, guys. now it's stabilized. It's stabilized. All right. And I'll send that, I'll send that to you guys. Big bucks. The best whole, the best part about this is hearing just saying you're going to see that leg lift up, and you can actually see uh, what looks like the bottom of a foot. It looks like it's the bottom of that right foot that you can just barely see a part of. It looks like it has a very thick ankle. The, it looks well, like it's standing there with its legs not locked. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, about the ankle and the the ankle to knee ratio uh, and the, the thickness there. When you uh, once once we get it all finished, we'll send you a copy as well of the um, the recreation. And you the biggest difference between me and this subject is the leg size. Yeah, I'm trying to do a share so we can stop it, but it's very jumpy. <laughs> 
so we'll just stop sharing that one. And we'll just go back to the uh, stabilized version. Yeah, and the angle, I wish I could pause that. The angle looks very thick uh, compared, like, you know, you can always tell the hoax costumes because they have a little bit of taper, you know, where the foot and the, uh, the you know, the, the ankle is, you know, uh, but I'm not seeing that in this particular. Um, and uh, just that whole. Uh, so Bigfoot and why Todd, we were recording from an elevated position. And the interesting thing is, is that the ankle, um, the ankle actually had a hot spot. Yeah, it did. And that, you know, that would be very uncharacteristic, like if somebody had a boot on or something of that nature. Anyway, um, back on. All right. We're getting there. <laughs> um, so what I'll do is I will pop that in my uh, high-resourced editor tomorrow, see if I can't get a little more zoom on that. And uh, especially that last, we'll slow it down. We'll, we'll do a number of things with that. So I would have done it tonight, but cankles. And anything worse than cankles is back knee. That's <laughs> in the woods. Uh, so, any questions in the chat? I don't want to keep these guys all night. So, oh, I do see another question. Yeah, the con uh, Mike's got a good point here. The, oh, yep. wait a minute, it jumped. There it is. Uh, concentration of heat in what would be the middle of the back. For most of it, yeah. yeah. But when it stepped off, there was a little dot right on the, the ankle there, foot area, which is very interesting. If I'm it's seeing something that looks pretty hot all over. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's true. The spots were like. Now, um, when you go back and you watch the recreation video too, uh, there's there's two parts of Ron having me on thermal. I wish that he got what was in the middle of part A and part B because it was me falling and sliding sixty oh, yeah. feet down the mountain. Oh, geez. and yeah, I missed that. Totally in missed part that. one, part one, I am I'm white, like more white than you know my sickly gaunt look right now. Um, but, uh, it is obvious that I'm not emitting a whole lot of heat going down that, that little spot there. But after I fell and wound up, you know, covered in, uh, wet terrain oh, and, um, my, I took my jacket off and, uh, from where I was kind of wet and, and damp everywhere from sliding down the hillside and it was, it had been raining and 
whatnot, my body heat was emanate, starting to emanate through that l under layer of clothes. And you can see the heat coming off, but you're not going to see it around the ankles and the feet. You're, it's, it stops just below my knee. Uh, Daniel Weeks has a question. Any recent fires to the area you're at? It is curious that you bring that up. Not in that research area, but we have had a recent-ish fire after collecting some data in another research area of ours. That's interesting. What's the deer population there as well? That's the second question he asked. It's like four times the human population. Yeah. West Virginia is not a highly populated state either. Right. A lot of deer. Why deer? Deer, deer? deer are the number one cause of death in West Virginia, actually. That's a, a lot interesting. Of, uh, if it's around here, uh, Ron, you know, at, at night you got to you drive slow at night because there's going to be a deer run out in front of you. It's not if; it's just a matter of yep. when. Absolutely. Just <laughs> fix sixteen hundred dollars worth of bumper on my wife's vehicle. Not telling you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, unfortunately, so, you know, I love Joe, beer. I, I Joe, I got to say, you're a camper, man. You took one for the team by going down that hill. <laughs> man, oh, yeah. it wasn't pleasant at all. Um, I'm a I'm a certified master naturalist, so I'm used to, like, hiking into spots way off trail, getting into hard-to-reach areas because we'd be doing surveys on different uh, species or looking for uh, evidence of, you know, um, some of the uh, more hard to find species in these areas or doing like amphibian reptile surveys or different fauna surveys, but taking it on the chin whenever I went uh, and fell, that was not pleasant. I mean, I laughed the whole way down cause I couldn't no, believe yeah, it. Was it was hilarious. <laughs> it was but, hilarious. But yeah, it was, uh, it, I felt it the next day, man. Fastest way down the hill is on your backside. Yeah, right. Not the most comfortable way, but it, exactly. The roots, uh, I felt the roots. I felt the rocks, and definitely felt my back the next day. Now, you know, Raptor says, "Who knows?" You know, a lot of people go hunting in these mountains, hunting for beer, deer, everything else. Well, while they're hunting ginseng and everything else, might have been a person who knows, and that that is true. Yeah. Um, although it's thirty degrees. At eight o'clock at night, with no in, light, with, with no, no light, light. down the in big, a ravine, the yeah, down in a ravine. Um, you know, it's possible, but unlikely. I would think. You know, it's like, well, I'm gonna, you know, and then for them not to say, "Hey, I'm down here," you know, for somebody to acknowledge that they're down there because they don't know who's up on that ridge could be somebody with a gun, you know, and bang because that's the first thing, you know is when you're in the woods and in an area where, you know, you're off trail or whatever. And if I hear people on a trail, I'll be like, hello, hi, or something just to true. say, hey, human here, human here, because I don't yeah. want to get shot in case they Insane think it's something hunters else. hunters do get way back in the sticks. They do. they do. They get back up many places where no, most people never go. Yeah, that's why there's ginseng there. You know, that's why they're looking for. Now, the only other question I would ask is, um, are, is there any illegal cannabis growing? There? 
Oh, definitely not in that spot. Um, yeah. Because it is uh, state operated <laughs> land. Gotcha. And um, they do a lot of like aerial surveys. Now there are, there are some illegal cannabis operations going on in that County and they, they do get caught on a regular basis. Um, that that's just something that you're going to run into, especially in Southern West Virginia. Uh, it, it grows pot real well. Um, that's actually how we got our farm is because it was, uh, they hadn't paid the taxes on it and they got caught having, I think like eight or 10 acres of marijuana growing. And I, and I, and I asked that. I okay. thought you were going to say we had a good crop one year. That's how we yeah, got our farm. Right. Oh, you know, no, uh, once don't tell once, that, brother. If we can get a permit, that'd be great. We'll all retire. We'll be we'll be able to buy that uh, scanning system at that point. <laughs> so if you if you start see us going around like scanning and like printing out three D footprints, you know what we did. <laughs> but but I, I I will say this. I, I will say this too, is that. Um, you know, I've driven past, there's a uh, cannabis farm in Washington County. <clears throat> and I live in Washington County, New York. Because uh, cannabis is legalized in New York now. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, it was probably two months ago, maybe three months ago, probably October. It was a warm day. I had the window rolled down. And I didn't know where the cannabis farm was. I knew it was somewhere on one of the county, on one of the state routes. And I'm driving down, and boom, it hits you. Like, this is where the cannabis farm is. Right. You, mm. you can smell it for acres. So if somebody was growing cannabis down where they were, they most likely would have smelled the, the yep. farm itself. It's not, um, you know. Um, well, just where it like said, Steve, the NG fly choppers all. You know, it's, it's curious. That's a good question too, because you know the the animals, the chimpanzees, were attracted to the the rotting fruit uh, for the fermentation. You would wonder if uh, these uh, Bigfoot, Sasquatch creatures could be attracted to naturally occurring weeds that they have some sort of good feeling when they eat. You know, or medicinal well, purposes. There's there's plenty of. Um naturally occurring fruits in those area too like when i say plenty i mean for for appalachia for west virginia you know we got pawpaws there you got um, berries during berry season but there's also you know the uh the the fruiting bits that come off of some of these different plants that uh if, if left be there's enough sugar in them that they can ferment gotcha well, um, I have been out in the woods over West Virginia, and y'all seem to have pretty much about the same thing we have in Kentucky. You've got yeah. hickory, hickory nut, hickory trees, which produce hickory nuts. You yep. got walnut trees. You got uh, beech trees. Oh, what else? Uh, yeah, yeah, the nutting trees and the fruit trees. It's Lots all of oaks. This particular area that we were in was full of uh, white and red oaks, and um, there were uh, some. Um, Oh, my, my migraine's starting to go away. If you notice, I've like changed <laughs> shirts because like I actually, I'm probably the first guest you've had that had to run off camera, go throw up and then come back. Oh, and um, so I'm starting to get everything. My, my brain's starting to work again. Well, you'll get the prize if you spill ramen soup in your lap. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so 
there was a shag bar. Love you, Henry. <laughs> Wherever you are. <laughs> Love you, Henry. Um, it was shag bar hickory was what was there. And then there's uh there's there was also some um uh hazelnut right in that area yeah. as well. So you got the hazel hazel shrubs and you've got the all those other nut trees right there in that immediate area and black were, walnut. Were there any I know uh, we don't have very many pine trees here, but they we do have start they're they they they're in sparse locations. Like there'll be a lot of pine trees here that nothing for miles. Were there any pine trees in that area that you've noticed? Um, not in that immediate area. There's a couple random cedars you'll see pop up here and there, um, and and maybe a a, a a handful here and there of like a fir, but there's uh, there's not big like conifer groves. Right. Yeah. There's there's so- one there's one patch that's out that way, but it's over on the other side of the wild of a wildlife management area and there's a couple acres of uh of evergreens and mixed mixed conifers that do grow over in that spot but that's really one of the only places there and that's um that's because it was old mine land that was repossessed and taken over and they just you know they planted what they could that would grow real fast to uh stop erosion now i had a question and i lost it (laughs) Dang it. Um, sometimes when I get a lot of things going on, I have a question and, you know, the brain oh, doesn't Daniel. work. Daniel is asking the unknowable. <laughs> How many Bigfoot in West Virginia? Come on, take a guess. I'm going 2,000. I don't know, Daniel. Now, um, I, here's the question. I do have the question. I remembered it. So not being familiar with the, the, the weather patterns in West Virginia, um, is there what particular time do the trees there drop their leaves? Um, they generally drop leaves. We were uh, we were actually there during peak week, mm-hmm. which is peak collar. So about two weeks after that, everything's naked. Okay. So, so my ne- my next follow up question would be: Have you noticed a lack of reports coming in from that time? to when the leaves bud again and sprout normally we see the it's not so much when the leaves drop off we see a lack of reports starting to come in from the time gun season starts like rifle hunting season once rifle season starts all the way to spring we do have a little bit of a drop off okay now how does that compare to the leaves dropping um there's about a three to four week gap so everything so so I and what, what I've discovered in New York um, is that you know my area is kind of unique because um, the part of New York that that has the, the biggest concentration of Bigfoot sighting is Whitehall, New York. Yeah, and between the between Whitehall is in between the Green Mountains of Vermont, which is deciduous pine and fir, and the Adirondacks uh, on the east side of Lake George which is predominantly oak, maple, and birch. What happens is what we found is that about mid-December when all the leaves have dropped, sightings drop off, and they start picking up after the leaves come back. So what we think is going on is the reason why Whitehall is getting so many sightings, particularly in the autumn, is that there's a movement 
between the Green Mountains and the Adirondacks, and they're going to the deciduous pines during the winter time. So, well, especially with the colder air that you guys have up there, and and those really harsh winds that you guys tend to yeah. get coming off the lakes and yep. and, and everything. Being in those deciduous pines and in the conifer zones is going to be the most shelter that they're going to be available to get. Um, we tend, we do have heavy snowfalls here. Like, you know, it's not unheard of for us to get two, three feet of snow. But the winds, we don't have those root winds that will just skin you to the bone um, because it's so mountainous. And where you guys are ge geographically and geologically, um, the, the Green Mountains and the Adirondacks, they're in what, what's called the Great Upheaval Zone. Yep. So you have mountains with wide valleys in between them. Where we're at here in West Virginia, only the eastern part of our state really has, is part of the Great Upheaval. So like the eastern panhandle and uh, right where the Mason-Dixon line. You know, you, if you guys, if, if all of our listeners are, are looking at that picture of West Virginia on the map, that perfect 90 degree angle is made by the Mason-Dixon line. That section right there, that little green county there, combined with the eastern panhandle, which uh, I'm going to help you out here, right here. If you're on that part, <laughs> if you're on that part, that is the Eastern Pan. Hang it, hang. Can you do that again, Joe? Yeah, yeah. This is the international <laughs> sign for West Virginia. You got the Mason Dixon here, the Eastern Panhandle, and the Northern Panhandle. There we go. <laughs> so, so right just, there, with with what you're that looking happened. That area uh, where you got that 90 degree angle to the eastern panhandle, that's all part of the Great Upheaval Zone. And that is a really narrow stretch that starts just below there in northern Virginia, goes all the way up into the Adirondacks and into the Green Mountains. So you have big valley gaps and mountain gaps, which that's where you're getting those big coniferous forest zones in. The rest of West Virginia is the opposite side of the upheaval. So if you think of it like uh, if you push together a rug from both sides of a room, you're going to get really big ripples on one side with gaps in between them. But then on the other side of those ripples, it's going to be really tight. Everything is going to be crumpled up real tight together. That's where we're located, and that's where the southern part of the state and eastern Kentucky kind of looks like it's those really tight mountains because it was you got that great impact of the continents happening and pushing up the Appalachian Mountains. And then the ripple effect going behind that towards the interior of the continent. And because of that, we wind up with these really tight mountain zones, similar to what, what Chris has there in Kentucky. And you've got the big gaps. We don't have as much carnivorous uh, uh, zones or alpine zones, except for in the eastern panhandle, like uh, similar to what you have. And there's even some terrain that's similar to like central and northern Canada because the altitude is so high there. Yeah. But um, we we're more in like a, a a hilly, ripply mountain zone where literally one hill they come together like this. You know, you might have feet between each of your mountains, and then the other one starts going back up. Yep. Um, it creates a really rugged terrain to navigate, and it it also by proxy makes great, fantastic habitat because it blocks a lot of those horrible weather patterns. Yeah, you get heavy, dense snows, but we very seldom have 
very strong, powerful winds that come through this area just because the mountains being so tight and clustered cut it up. Whereas when you have those big gaps made in, in the upheaval zone, that wind can rest in those channels yep. and just skin you alive when it's cold. Yep, especially if you're uh, on the peaks. It's uh, amazing yep. the amount of wind that comes up, especially like, and I'm so used to the, the eastern side of the Adirondacks, uh, the eastern uh, portion on the other side of Lake George, where that wind just comes whipping up that that mountainside that 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 you know comes up the valley and over and it doesn't always make for great recording because all you're hearing is oh yeah yep all the time and uh yeah it gets quite chilly all of a sudden but if it's calm and beautiful it you can hear a pin drop and that's that's the beauty of that area but i gotta say your map of west virginia that you were showing us well us yankees call that the bronx cheer so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so. great <laughs> oh man it's it's been a it's going on 10 30 now i think uh we'll start wrapping up uh our conversation now uh so folks if you got any other questions you want to throw out throw it out now i think now's guys, the time you guys are doing a freaking <laughs> phenomenal job out there and, uh, thank you and, uh, you know, getting to talk to you guys tonight, it's been a lot of fun. And, and uh, God, you guys know your stuff, and I love it. So, We we try our best, man. And with with the research we do, uh, it might seem sometimes because th- there's a slow trickle feed out of, of information. Um, but it's because we take our time and we do our due diligence to get peer review on everything. You know, we send it to other people who who have been doing this and who are well recognized and well respected, who who have uh, either formal education or or just school of hard knocks education. And they learned it by doing it. And and we get their opinion. And and the other thing we do is we don't tell anybody like that's a we caught a Bigfoot on thermal it very well could be some weird naked hillbilly out there. The one thing we can't attest to is like it, it was, it wasn't somebody wearing clothes. Um, because when you look at the thermal hit of me and my clothes versus me, when I fell and you got my body heat radiating out, there's totally different appearance. So whatever this thing was, was either, uh, just, you know, ah, make it covered question or, coming in. um, or it wasn't, um, Obviously, wasn't wearing clothes. That's what I'm getting at there. Yeah. Here's the question from Mick. <clears throat> he always has that radioactive signs there, just in case there's a meatloaf in the question. But um, <clears throat> the question is, is uh, and I just, how aggressive are West Virginia Sasquatch? Do you get a lot of aggressive encounter reports? We really don't. Um, <laughs> and and I actually had this uh, conversation with Russ uh, not too long ago. Um, we were just talking about how we really, in this area, we have a, a very low amount of aggressive reports. There are some, um, it's not saying it's zero, but the majority of our reports, if there is any aggression, it's more of a like, hey, this is my spot, get out. Like a yell or, or a, a, a tree gets pushed over or gets broken and something thrown, but nothing thrown directly at you. It's like, it's not trying to tomahawk a branch at you and take you out. Um, the, but 
that's that's about as far as I can get with it. You know, we based off reports doesn't seem to be that aggressive. It seems like they want less to do with us than than anything. So the least contact that they can have, the better. And if they do realize, just like with this subject in the thermal, if they realize that, oh, crap, I've been spotted or in my personal sighting, oh, okay, there's something here. They don't want to be seen. They want to get out of the way. Um, you know, the advantage of my sighting, I was in a laurel thicket, very, very dense laurel thicket that had an area that I had like kind of trained the plants to not grow. So that way I could get a decent shot. <laughs> and, um, cause I'd been going there for years and they didn't see me come in. But as soon as they realized that I was there, they off, they went and with this capture on the thermal, it was like almost the same way. As soon as it realized that we were there making noise and everybody was like, Oh crap, I'm, I'm out of here. I don't want them seeing me. Right. I, I'm, I'm fighting off a sneeze for the last several minutes. Right I can feel it fester every once in a while. Just um, let it fly, man. Gonna... I had to hit mute and go puke earlier. It can't be worse than this. <laughs> Oh. Anyway, <laughs> that that was a great uh, question. Mick says that naked hillbilly. Maybe he got in grandma's still, um, which. But you know, it's it's just pretty amazing that drop off. That's where he yeah, disappeared the... to without making much of a noise. Now I, I got to ask this question too. It's just popping into my head. Um, was anybody listening to the parabolic after the sighting or everybody was like the heck with the parabolic? No, no, everybody headed. Yeah. They all headed for the thermal <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Now, um, I believe Joe Doyle, uh, he did. And, uh, he has a, um, on the, on the sightings report, there's actually a statement by him. And he said that he did hear something, uh, down near where that sighting was because he headed back down that way after we went up to the thermal area and he thought he heard something up on the hill, but he thought it was one of us, you know, he's like, Oh no, someone's gone up the hill and you know, there's going to be an incident and, but it wasn't any of us. Uh, none, I didn't hear that though. I have no idea. You know, I gotta say it's a lot of fun when stuff happens. It was, it, it really uh, is. I'll, I can yeah. tell you how bummed I was. Oh yeah, I mean, I, Joe, I, I feel so bad for you. Like, I like it. I was so bummed because, like, I'm sitting here and I hear a radio talk back. Like, I think we got something, and I literally sat there waiting for them to come back for about an hour and a half. After I think we got something, no radio response. Everything was dead quiet, and I'm just sitting here. I'm like, what did they get? What did they get? I'm sitting here <laughs> cooking food. I'm making sure everybody's getting fed, and they're out there having the time of their life with our new toys, and I want to go play. <laughs> I was just so I was bummed out. But then when when we got to see it and actually got to uh, see what was recorded, you know, it, it was one of those things where it it was just really cool that these people all got to have this unexpected experience. Well, they got more than they paid for. And oh, yeah, they got way more than they paid for. <laughs> and uh, and it, it was one of these things where, you know, you can't you can't plan these things to happen. And like. I've seen a lot of uh, a, a lot of things said with different individuals and, and whatnot, 
where they uh, they'll like guarantee you Bigfoot activity if you come out with them on one of their events and stuff. Like we absolutely never do that. The only thing we tell you is that you will learn something. I don't know what you're going to learn, but you're going to learn something. You're going to take something home for your toolbox. But the, we we stress you most likely will just have a traditional Bigfoot experience where we are out there and we listen to to night birds or frogs. <laughs> you, you know what? Probably the biggest thing they learned that night was it's a good thing that they had the chili after the Bigfoot sighting, right? not before the Bigfoot sighting. Exactly. Because it yeah. would have been everywhere. They, they're, <laughs> you know, it, it's it a bit of mix. Like some of them would you have know, probably been voiding their bowels while the other ones were so clenched. And to the crowd, though, they were not a nerve. We didn't have anyone who started like yelling or, try, well, I'm going back. You know, there wasn't any of that. Everybody stayed together. They kept a level head and they all were just like, let's get to that thermal station. You know, they were a part of an investigation at that yeah. point. I think they got to really feel what it feels like. And it was completely completely unexpected so because the, the reality the reality of bigfoot research is you're just you're not going to have stuff happen but maybe right. you hey welcome two, Stephen. good to hear you Steven. see you in the chat Thank tonight you. good to see you two percent of the time you might actually have something happen yeah and the rest of the time is just a good time out in the woods and that's these people got to experience something and you know that's something they're going to hold on to it's something that's going to stick with them the rest of their life and you know, it, it did light a fire under a few people and yeah. now they've been going out and, and they're doing their own thing and they're, they're reaching out to us for some guidance and direction on, Hey, what's this, what's this. And and it's been great. Um, so the fact that they got to experience that, I'm like, I'm super excited about that. That was phenomenal. We couldn't have asked for anything because it definitely, you know, you plan these events around this stuff. You, you find areas cause we do try to host our events and such in areas that there has been historic activity just because sure. we want to promote, you know, people getting out in the woods and doing stuff or, or doing proper research. And, and that, you never know factor like that particular night. Right. Exactly. So you, you can get that wild card night. Like we, we managed to pull and we'll, it, the likelihood of that happening ever again is <laughs> it's so, so incredibly high that it's probably never going to happen again for, yeah. uh, for a big group outing. But, you know, it's, it, it was fantastic. I, I was well, super excited. For well, uh, if there's any advice I can, cause I've been at this so long is, you know, you, you, you're at a high point. Don't, don't let the nights of nothing going on kill your enthusiasm. For it. Oh man. Uh, you know, like, because I, you get there and then, you know, the next time you go out, Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. See, you know, the, you gotta uh, fight. You gotta fight that. Like, oh man. For me, every time I go out in the woods, and Ron can attest to this. Every time we go out together, um, I, I'm a, I'm a trained naturalist. I get excited when I find a plant. Yeah, it's never boring. I mean, it's never it's like, boring. Oh, look at that moss growing in that tree over there. <laughs> and it, yeah, I mean, you learn something when you go out with them. So, see, I, I'm, a, I'm a wildlife guy, so. If I get to, you know, yep. like over the winter and uh, well, here's another shameless plug. If anybody hasn't caught uh, episode one of the trail cam project on the channel, uh, I've always lived in a, you know, I moved here in August and I quickly realized, man, I got a lot of wildlife here. You know, I got, yeah. you know, uh, all, you know, I see eagles flying around. I see falcons flying. Oh around. yeah. I can't beat that, man. But 
one day I'm sitting there and, you know, okay, there's a squirrel. Okay. There's, and then one day I'm sitting there and there's a red, you know, behind my house, I have this berm, which is kind of almost like a natural path. And one day sitting up on the berm was this um, fox just kind of sitting there. And uh, what I ended up doing was putting a couple of trail cameras up there. And I finally got the fox. And last week, and Chris, you don't even know this because this all happened. Bobcat. Oh, Bobcat. (laughs) Well, you don't know the story behind it. Oh, okay, okay. I'm I'm sitting and I'm, I'm trying to catch up a little sleep. I was up late. And all of a sudden, I hear the, our German Shepherd bark in a way. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, and it woke me up because it's not her typical bark. Right. And I'm like, I just a dog bite. You know what's? You know, and I know the wife was stirring around. I'm like, what, what's going on out there? And she goes, Come here, you need to look at this. Like I'm walking out. She goes, What is that up on the hill? Because it was sitting on the berm, but it had the tree line behind it. And now the trees aren't green. They're all that grayish color now because it's wintertime. And I'm like trying to, like, what is that? I, I keep a pair of binoculars right at the back window. So I pull it up by going, and there he is just sitting there. Bobcat, just sitting there out in the open. So beneath the berm, there is a sheet of ice. Because uh, we get water accumulation on the other side of the berm and it froze over. So the German Shepherd still got her heckles up and she's looking at the, at, at the through the window. Um, and and the, the cat decides to go down the berm towards the yard. And she hears the shepherd and realizes she's on ice and, and back up the hill, it, back up the hill it goes. Like, okay, well, that was cool. I wonder if my trail camps got it. And it did. So that's why I got to check out the trail camp project. Video. Yeah, but, I have to go check that out. That's awesome. But several minutes later, several minutes later, I, I all of a sudden my wife Sherry, she's going, Steve, is that it laying down in the neighbor's yard and right next to us? We don't have fences either. It's all this stuff. And I look over in the neighbor between, like literally, fifty feet from the house, sixty-five feet from the house. There's the bobcat laying down, just. Hanging out, chilling. Perfectly at ease. Right. Which concerned me because you never know if rabies got to him. Like, why is this thing keep coming? So I said, you know what I'll do is I'll just go out in the back porch, try to get a better picture, try to get a look. And, you know, if it comes towards me, I'll duck back in and I'll grab the shotgun and I'll take yeah. care of this rabbit, rabbit guy. I, I popped out there. I'm like, and it turned around and skedaddled back into the wood line. I go, oh, she ain't, he, he or she ain't rabbit. It looks like a sheep. But like the cat was probably a 35, 40 pound cat. It was a big one. Um, so it stood, stood almost as big, almost as tall as the German Shepherd. That is awesome. Yeah, See, big. one of the things that we, uh, we did, we, we built an audio array a while back. We were using two Zoom recorders, and uh, it was 11 or 12 field microphones. And we had them numbered and all that stuff so we could tell what sounds were coming from what direction with based off what channel it was coming in on. And we were actually, over the course of setting this thing up and running it uh, once or twice, we were able to distinguish uh, five separate whippoorwills. Oh, the whippoorwill. 
Chris knows Which, my whipper will story. In in West Virginia, they're they're critically endangered. Yeah. And the fact that in this one research area, we were able to distinguish five individual animals. Because when we looked at the spectrum analyzer and we were looking at the, the, the audio signature, yeah. each one's just like, you know, a thumbprint, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, there's one and it's repeating. Oh, here's another one. And then we've seen their each individual signatures. And uh, it, it was really awesome. And, you know, we were able to report that. I, I do some contract work with the DNR. So I just picked up the phone and called the avian guy and said, hey, we got these animals here. And he was like, oh, really? What? Where were you at? And I told him exactly where we were. And um, he wound up going out there and he set up a, a field recorder. And he was actually able to capture the, the same ones. And uh, he was just excited as all get out. And so were we. It was just, you know, we get excited over that kind of stuff because not everybody's out there able to capture these things. But because we're out there doing, uh, looking for subject A, we often find subject B and C along the way. Yep. That's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I have a very interesting story about a whipper. Well, you know how you can never get them to shut up once they start. Oh, yeah. Once they get going, they're on. So I would... <laughs> I wish Ron Bowles was here to hear this one because yeah. he was there. And uh, somewhere I have a recording of this. Ah, there goes next. Whipper will Steve save it, Bird. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're out in Kentucky, uh, out of uh, the Horse Cave Forest or the park. Now, Chris wasn't with us that night, but we're out there, and me and Ron Bowles and, and this uh, the KBRO expedition was there. So we had a good group of us, probably about 10 of us out one particular area and we're trying to record and we're therming and all some here and, and it would not shut up and it was loud as anything oh yeah and i'm like ron i'm uh, i'm gonna go out there and tell him to shut up and all of a sudden you hear ron go to you hear ron on the recorder going steve it ain't gonna work i get out there and then all of a sudden you're and then you hear me yell do you mind well, you know that son bitch stopped. <laughs> he never did it again. <laughs> so that was, you know, one round to me, zero for the whippoorwill. We don't have any shortage of those around here. No, you don't. Which I'm looking forward to seeing him again when I come down. Now, what part of Kentucky are you in, Chris? Uh, right, right about the middle, around near the Mammoth Cave region. Okay, all right. Yeah, we uh, interstate we frequent 65 the Lexington and be right about the center. Yeah, Lexington's over kind of over to the eastern side. Yep, we're we're in Lexington a, a fair amount, and um, may, we should, it'd be fun to try to meet up with you at some point. Oh sure, that'd be great. Anytime you guys get well, that's good. That's like two hours and two hours and a half away from me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's what but it is. Anytime you guys to, get in like the local that, area, holler at me. You know, but yeah, like we, we could get out in that way some and venture out a little bit farther one day and uh, we'll bring our track cast collection out and let you take a gander. You know what? Cool. I'm coming down in, uh, Mr. Bennett knows I'm coming down in the first week of June. So maybe we could all, all right. get together. So, because I have a conference on June 10th, I believe, in Alabama. That nice. Speaking at. So, yep. so I figured I'd swing down, stop, see Chris for a day or two and yep. continue on. We, we figure if Steve comes here the first week of June, the second week of June, we should have this mystery solved. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how it goes, man. 
yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always we live in hope. We live in hope. Well, anyway, folks, uh, no sense in dragging on the show any longer. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I got to say, um, I, I, again, I want to thank you guys for coming on tonight. It was a great discussion tonight. And, uh, you know, wow, you guys knocked it out of the park. I love it. Guys, uh, I, before we go, I'll let you guys plug your stuff. And uh, so I'll let you guys have the final word here on your stuff. Go right ahead. Where can we catch you all? All right. You can catch us at Wild and Weird Radio for our podcast and also any of our uh, YouTube stuff, which Wild and Weird Radio is also now over on video format at Wild and Weird WV on YouTube. Um, if you want to find our website and see a little bit of everything that we're doing, it's wildandweirdwv.com. Uh, you can also go and support us there. Uh, we, we don't do any kind of Patreons. We don't do any kind of GoFundMe stuff, anything like that, because you can directly go fund us by buying merchandise that we produce um, and, and put it right back into the, what we're doing out in the field. And we make sure that it uh, kind of we use all of that generated revenue to keep Wild and Weird Radio completely free for listeners for eons and eons to come, as well as putting it towards uh, field equipment to go out and keep doing the work and uh, collecting all the data that we can to to post out there. Because when it boils down to it, the data does not care about your feelings. The data is what it is, and that is where it's at. So um, you just reach out to us. If you've had a sighting and you're in our area, you can uh, go over to wildandweirdwv.com, click the report a sighting tab. It's give you our standardized sighting report questionnaire. Just go ahead and fill that out and it'll come to us immediately. One of us will contact you as soon as we get it. And if it's outside of our driving distance to reach you, then odds are we know somebody in your vicinity that we can get this report in the hands of that will actually get boots on the ground and uh, come out and do their due diligence to help you resolve whatever kind of sighting you have. Very cool. And Ron, your final words. Are you, or was that enough? Well, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> kind of what we do. I always let Joe close our shows out like that too. Well, again, thank you guys for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Great to make your acquaintance and friendship. And Absolutely. Uh, like I said, I'll get that Absolutely. video over to you guys, and I'll, I'll do a little work tomorrow. I'll send them over to you guys. You guys can do whatever you want with them. I'll send you that graphic, too. So Sounds great, man. Much appreciated, man. Uh, it's been great being on. Thanks for having us. It's been a fun Anytime. show. Interesting yeah. show. <laughs> we always but, have fun. But uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, you know, if you ever ever want to do anything again, we'll we'll have you guys over on Wild and Weird Radio with us. We can Anytime. have a different yeah. conversation. Anytime. And uh, you never know; I might talk UFOs or paranormal. Uh oh. <laughs> I, Thanks, I, Joe. Like I said, I ran my own parallel. We'll talk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and again, uh, well, God, thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Thank you, guys. So, Chris. Do your thing, brother. Again, I want to I want to thank Joe and Ron for being on and enjoyed uh, enjoyed the footage. Enjoyed talking to you guys. You're great guests. We really appreciate you and honored to have you. Uh, like what you do. Uh, don't don't stop doing what you're doing. It, it's it's good. I think you've got a good area. <coughs> thank everybody in chat. All our our listeners in chat. We, we really love you appreciate guys. You. 
You guys make the show. Love those questions. Love that critical thinking you got going on. Keep on doing it. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch Deep. I guess we, we went off. No, we're fine. That was a whoops. <laughs> well, tonight. anyway, yeah, okay. it's the first time okay. watching us on YouTube, man. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, share, okay? <laughs> what we're is done? going on? What is going on tonight? No, we're still on. It's lovely night of the glitches. We love it. We love it. <laughs> the barfing guest, the sneezing host, the. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, have a great week. Well, I want to wish everybody a happy, healthy, and safe week. Uh, you know, on behalf of me, we love all you guys. And, uh, you know, we'll catch you all next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern here on Squatch DTV, SquatchDTV.com, SquatchDetective.tv to the uh, phone-friendly website to get all our videos. And, uh, hey, God bless and keep on Squatching. We'll catch you all here next week. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.